This is the Medical Matters Podcast, a program which brings direct information, engaging discussion, and insight into the current state and issues surrounding healthcare. Now, here's your hosts, Dr. Peter Breyer and nurse practitioner Kelly McCormick. Today's episode, we're going to talk about heart failure as well as a um, new study that's been done um, on uh, the drug Wagovi or Ozempic, also known as semaglutide. Um, is a drug we talked about in uh, the past regarding uh, use for weight loss and has really become it's all used for diabetes but has found to really help with uh, weight loss. And so there are a lot of people using it specifically for weight loss and not diabetes. Right. Um, but or then, both. Or both. <laughs> and um, a recent uh, study uh, also found that the uh, drug has also helped with people with um, heart failure. Yeah, there are one specific kind of heart failure that's the most common form, uh, form of heart failure is a, a form that takes place because the heart gets stiff. And it's uh, very commonly seen in people who were hypertensive earlier in life. And so uh, weight loss that accompanies Wagovi plus probably the effect on heart tissue from losing weight uh, may explain why it's effective in people with heart failure to uh, at least that particular form of heart failure. It's often associated with obesity too because uh, it's due to resistance against the heart rather than uh, how, how well the heart's contracting. It, it's more of a stiff heart type thing. So uh, the drug has been shown to be beneficial for that kind of heart failure, which does have a little bit of better prognosis than the heart failure caused by a weak weak heart. So um, fortunately, uh, it may be uh, useful. So I think the interesting thing is that when they were doing this, it said that um, they looked at over 500 patients. Uh, the, the, the study was funded by the drug maker, Novo Nordisk, um, and they used the 2.4 milligram weekly Which is uh, the Wagovi dose. dose right? right, which is the weight loss dose. Um, we, we should say that Wagovi and Ozempic are the same drug. Right. Just different doses of the same drug. Right. So the Ozempic form is for diabetes. Wagovi dosing is for weight loss. Right. Yeah. So what they found was that it led to an improvement of 17 points on a 100-point scale um, used, that they used to assess symptoms of heart failure um, compared to those uh, participants who got a placebo who only had a 9-point improvement um, in the uh, point scale. Uh, so I, I think it'll be uh, interesting what, you know, patients with heart failure, shortness of breath, fatigue, swelling of the legs, have a hard time kind of exerting themselves. Um, so all those are uh, symptoms of uh, heart failure. Right, and uh, they're looking at a 20% lower death rate um, with this drug. I don't know over what period of time that is, but uh, it's interesting. The drug does have significant side effects, uh, gallstones and pancreatitis, kidney problems, diabetic eye problems that sometimes can make your, uh, if you have a diabetic eye or what they call retinopathy, 
in your eye, uh, it sometimes can make uh, it worse symptomatically. Depression, suicidal thoughts, so it can affect your, I guess, your mind, mm -hmm. cause dizziness as well. And uh, the big one, though, is re acid reflux, or GERD, gastrointestinal reflux disease, because of the fact that your stomach is, I won't say it's paralyzed, it moves slower. And one of the tricks... So it affects the peristalsis of right, things kind of going things through. Things move slower. So you feel, so you full, feel full longer. longer. <laughs> <laughs> you feel full longer. You're less likely to eat more. And part of the trick of using the drug is to stop eating when you start feeling full so you don't eventually get the nauseated uh, yeah. and then you don't And you don't overeat. And you don't overeat. Right. So that's one reason. I guess that's probably the main reason the drug is associated with weight loss. There's other actions of the drug that it has on insulin uh, that may improve the control of diabetes. But the main thing is that it, it uh, controls the appetite and uh, slows the bowel down. So there are certain contraindications, obviously. If you have severe GERD already uh, or gastroparesis already due to diabetes, you are not a good candidate for the drug. If you're um, an insulin-dependent diabetic uh, or brittle diabetic, uh, most uh, it probably would be contraindicated. And uh, certain kinds of thyroid can rare thyroid cancers. So, do you think this um, study that they did is going to promote further studies? Maybe from maybe not the Norvo, uh, Novo Nordisk, who I guess owns the drug. Mm -hmm. um, well, they make a, a pill form called rebelsis, and uh, I guess they haven't really tested that for heart mm -hmm. failure yet, but if that's uh, able to be used for heart failure too, that would be easier to use, because it's, well, it's taking two pills a day as opposed to one shot a week, so it, I guess it's, uh, yeah, you have to pick you your think, poison. Right, but you would think maybe from a compliance standpoint, right, that if you had to take a shot once a week versus taking pills twice a day, you'd think maybe the compliance would be a little better, right? With a shot. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. I would I would think so. I mean, Most likely. Not that I know. I think the other um, interesting thing about it is that there's like, I wrote it down somewhere, like, I don't know, 60-some-odd million people or something like that with um, heart failure. In this country. Well, yeah. it's the, probably the largest uh, killer of older people in this country. Uh, heart failure is a very common cause of death. And so, yeah, this would... And so actually, the systolic... 64 million globally. But that's a lot of, that's a lot of people. 64 million, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, another uh, an impediment to getting this drug, of course, is the... Cost. Cost, which is... <laughs> Sort of astronomical, almost $1,400 for a GOVI monthly. And then you have to get insurance authorization to take it. So you have to have be obese over a certain BMI, BMI and have a cardiovascular problem 
to get insurance authorization. It still might be pretty difficult. Right. So <clears throat> you were looking up the price and said that the Wagovi here in the States is 1349 So basically 13 to $1,400 a month. Right. And then in the Netherlands, it's $328 a month. And in Sweden, it was like $296 a month. So before we got talking on air, I said, you know, it would be it would be less expensive for somebody from here to fly to Sweden <laughs> or the Netherlands. Now that would be fun. And get a year's supply. <laughs> well, then it, it could, would. Then it would to 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 have to pay out of your pocket. Maybe you here. could even get two years supply. Well, you probably could. That rent, right? <laughs> no, it would really pay. Right. I mean. It's, it's, if you can get somebody to prescribe it's, it's it over there, it's absurd. And then the diabetes, the diabetes, the diabetic the, form, a diabetes the, for diabetes, Ozempic. the Ozempic, you said was a little under a thousand dollars here in the U.S. Right, Nine thirty-six. And then in France, it's eighty-three dollars. Again, you right. could have Australia eighty-seven. In Australia eighty-seven. Yeah. Which is absurd. Why? Why? Why do we always have to pay the high prices? I don't know. We're nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it'll be interesting because you think that there would be more studies, right, done for it. Because in the big picture, I would think just from 64 million people globally, I don't know how many of those are in the States, so I have to, to look that up. But, you know, I mean, in addition to all the diabetics <laughs> and all the people with obesity... I mean, this could really be a you know a you know from a financial standpoint, really a cleanup for for the drug company. Yeah, they're cleaning up financially. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's big, what I'm saying. There's a big shortage of the Ozempic, mm-hmm. from what I understand, and probably Wagovi. Right, we and, think if it's the same drug, right, and that's partly because there's been such a. In, such an increase in people using it for weight loss right. dosing. Well, that's another than problem. People who don't have diabetes because it's so easy to get the drug if you're using it for diabetes, and mm-hmm. so hard if you're using it for weight loss. Right. Because of the insurance uh, companies don't have the FDA approval for Ozempic to lose weight. Right. They have it for Wagovi, but they. You have to have a concurrent condition right. to uh, know, qualify, and that, and that makes a lot of doctors and health providers skip the step. Right. It's it's interesting to me that I think, you know, I look at, like, insurance companies and say, okay, you have somebody that has obesity, and if they have obesity, they probably have other things, like high cholesterol, high triglycerides. Probably hypertension. Hypertension. You know, maybe some, you know, a little bit of kidney stuff going on. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe not diabetic yet or maybe maybe pre-diabetic, pre-diabetic kind of a thing. And then, you know, I'm thinking that like the costs, right, of the drug in the big picture. I'm thinking in the cost in the big picture to like minimize like the progression of disease overall would be less for the insurance company to to cover the Wagovi than it would be... Well, that's, that's the old uh, argument that insurance companies would be 
better off covering smoking cessation, but they don't. It's the same kind of thing. The pro- you the mean problem and somebody is, with COPD and their oxygen right. and their eighty-eight that's more expensive. Not to, and if they can get people to stop smoking, their medical costs would be a lot less. But the problem is the insurance companies are aware that most people change insurance companies every couple of years. Right, and, and that's because of the nature of things. Right, our m- the majority of people's insurance benefits they're either Medicare. Or, you know, certainly from a private insurance standpoint, it's tied to your employment. Right. And that's where and it's people, very difficult to you know, do. And, you know, in this day and age, how many people start a job when they're, you know, 22, 23 out of high school and stay with that company until they're it's retire really, at 60 or 63 or 58 or whatever that is? Pe- really, other people, than maybe teachers. Most people retire after 70, And I people think, with, with, you know, that maybe work for, like, the federal government or the state government. Um, but everybody else, probably, unless maybe something like a UPS or FedEx where they have, you know, or, you know, the Ford, Chrysler, you know, uh, car manufacturers and union-based um, employers. Um, but I imagine that most you know, people and young people, I, I don't imagine, stay with a company for 30 or 40 no, years hardly anybody. like years ago. Yeah, right? it's like you said, the government workers, um, I guess a good percentage of them yeah. stay in the job till retirement. But they have... Early retirement benefits, right. so they're lucky. You know, I, I think back to like my dad when we were when I was little and we we moved to Connecticut. I think I was eight, and he was my dad was an engineer and started a job in 1972 with a company and stayed there until he retired in in 2000. Right. So what is that? 30, 70, 80, you know, 28 years. With the same company? With the same company, although the company got bought out by a couple of other different people, but he was at the same place. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The name may well, have changed, lucky. but it was, you know, and I think that's how, you know, a lot of people worked back then. Well, so, yeah, it's the same in, in healthcare. I mean, uh, most providers or doctors went to one place and stayed there their whole career. career. And now right. I think there's a lot more changing jobs with physicians and moving around moving away from the private yep. practice etc and and so it's that's throughout all society uh, i right. think this uh, this great uh, so, yeah. movement so it sounds like there could be certainly some promise if um, they do more um, study on this drug for you know the problem is for heart failure um if you have heart failure, you're already on uh, diuretics, mm-hmm. <laughs> possibly digitalis, probably uh, potassium, and you're probably on a, an ACE inhibitor or beta blocker, or ARB, and you're probably on a beta blocker. Uh, so that's five drugs <laughs> you're already on, and if you're all, and if you're a diabetic too, right. you might be on metformin. And insulin, if you're some, insulin Some dependent. other drugs. Right. Well, you probably might avoid, if you're on insulin, you might want to avoid Ozempic because right. it's too too much of a drug interaction. But I'm sure it's done sometimes. Right. Uh, so you're on seven or eight drugs already. Already. 
if with you as empty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that becomes a little difficult <laughs> right. uh, to take all those pills and shots, and people get discouraged, and they're usually doling out a hefty uh, copay with the drugs right. and uh, with the diabetes. A lot of these diabetic drugs are uh, very expensive. There's another uh, form of diabetic drugs, the SGLP2s, which are getting increasingly used, which may help heart failure too, and uh, also may heart help cardiovascular disease and kidney disease. So they're being used a lot also. And they're diabetic drugs that work differently. So there's a lot of exciting research going on, and it's, but it's very complicated. And I think the problem with using Wagovi for heart failure is the patients already on seven, eight, maybe more drugs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you're throwing in a shot that, oh, of course you'll lose weight. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it but, is a lot. But for somebody who is, let's say, morbidly obese and a mild diabetic who has heart failure, it might be a, a really excellent uh, drug for them. Right, and in this study, I mean, you know, we didn't, like, read the nuts and bolts of the study itself. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, kind of what age group is are these people that they looked at? You know, are they maybe people that are more maybe in their 40s to 50s? Are we looking at people with, you know, the heart failure that's more in, like, their, you know, 70s and 80s kind of thing? You know, is it a bit younger population? I would say a younger population that has a morbidly obese... an elderly population with heart failure. It probably would be uh, more advantageous for younger people, but it might be advantageous for older people. Because... You can prevent, if you can lose enough weight, uh, plus treat your heart failure, you may live quite a bit longer and and have a much better quality of life than if you stayed weighing as much as you did and uh, didn't get your heart failure treated well. So, uh, of course, on the other hand, 44% of people on a maximum dose experience nausea, Mm -hmm. which is no... No fun. No fun. Thirty uh, percent experience diarrhea, which I could no say also is no fun. <laughs> and twenty-five percent experience vomiting, well, which is really no, no fun. fun. So, <laughs> so <laughs> the side effects are significant, and of course, then there's the uh, thyroid cancer risk and the risk of gallstones and, and pancreatitis, which is also a. Uh, a, a severe or uh, side effect, and it's not—it's uncommon, but it's not unheard of. Right. You know, it's funny. I, I think of like the commercials, like the Ozempic commercials, and I just kind of think of all the stuff they they do, and then kind of at the end, you know, all the side effect stuff. And if you if you have like the ones had, where it says death, yes, death, <laughs> dying, and wish you were dead. Those ones. But certainly, they do bring up the the um, medullary thi- thyroid cancer. It would it would um, yeah. Well, it's a f- even a family history of medullary thyroid. Yeah. But medullary thyroid cancer. I don't think I saw one case in my whole career. I well, saw that's a good other thing, kinds isn't of it? thyroid cancer <laughs> are much more common. Right. And then there's a very rare uh, entity called MEA two, 
which is uh, associated with various kinds of cancer, uh, endocrine cancers in the, in the thyroid and the neck. And uh, that's another contraindication. But th- these, having a family history of that is exceedingly rare. And uh, in certain patients, I think it would certainly be worth a trial uh, if they can afford it. And uh, they're aware of the side effects and they're able to use it because you have to take the drug out and you have to be able to uh, do a little dexterity to give the drug. Right. Well, I mean, you don't really need much dexterity, but you you need to be able to follow directions. Right. So interesting to see if like those patients that maybe cardiologists have that are also kind of like diabetics but not on, you know, like an insulin or that kind of thing that can get them onto something like oh, the Ozempic or whatever, um, the Wagovi dose, right. um, to see if, if it does help them with their, their heart failure. Yeah, it's certainly worth a try. Like I said, it's, it's stick it on the list. Right. It's on the list of drugs. <laughs> the list of drugs, yes. Um, so, yeah, so always, you know, I think always new and exciting things and research and, Especially you know, in heart failure. Yeah. Because, uh, it's... Uh, and like you said, you know, a lot of times, you know, I think about like a lot of the patients, you know, sometimes like the patients that I see and they come in, you know, with something and then... You know, next thing you know, they have, you know, heart failure and didn't, but maybe had kind of some symptoms and and that kind of thing, but not quite enough maybe until they get to a certain point or something else happens, they end up in the hospital and have the million-dollar workup, and and then you find out that they they have um, heart failure. Right, and especially this kind because it can, the heart, it can fool you a little bit because the heart can look small on an x-ray. And you can still have heart failure, where most people think of a big heart. Right. But it's actually more common to have the stiff heart uh, that you see in this kind of heart failure than the uh, weak heart, which the weak heart does have a much worse prognosis. You would think uh, the uh, Wagovi or, was, or Ozempic would help a weak heart, too, if the patient is obese. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can lose weight, you certainly have a lot uh, better chance of survival. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's uh, uh, an, an advance, not a major, major advance, but definitely yeah, but an advance for right? you. Everything right. kind of starts from somewhere, right? right? So that, I think, is the the major benefit that, you know, have to start somewhere and then um, develop from there. And with further and further research, research and, and looking for, for different things. And, you know, you think about it, you know, like, First, it was di- you know a drug that helped people with with diabetes, and then now it's moved on to helping people with weight loss, and now potentially with helping people with heart failure. You know, what's it's, next? <laughs> what well, else can it, it do? It, it right? does show the the value of continuously evaluating these drugs and uh, doing studies to see how people do on these drugs to see if they live longer or live less, so that long-term side effects because if those weren't looked at this never would have been discovered right would have just thought to have been a weight loss drug so we're always finding things out and you did mention earlier about using beta blockers for heart failure well when i was a student 
beta blockers were contraindicated in heart failure. So then somebody was brave enough to give them to somebody with heart failure and find out they, they benefited people with heart failure. So all these kinds of things are, are evolving. And uh, the use of these weight loss drugs uh, may have other uses as well. We'll see. Yeah, it's, it's always, always interesting. So, well, thank you for listening to another uh, Medical Matters podcast. Have a happy, healthy, safe week. You've been listening to the Medical Matters podcast. Listen weekly for more news and wisdom from professionals who provide direct patient care. The information discussed on this program does not take the place of your provider. Check out past shows, additional content, and leave your questions and comments at medicalmatterspodcast.com.